Kevin Ingram. Kevin, in the first hour, we had Bronson Arroyo of your former Reds. Spent a long time with the Reds. 17 years in the big leagues. Now he's a musician. He's got his own band. Yeah, he's, he's had his own band for a long time. Like He, he played when he uh, was in the big leagues. Um, in fact, I think he even had a, an issue with carpal tunnel at one point from playing the guitar. But, you know, he was a guy who just could pitch forever. I mean, you know, just could get out there and give you as many innings as you needed. But, oh, he seemed like an interesting cat. I, I can remember when he played for the Nashville Sounds, like before he went to the big leagues with the Pirates. And I went down there in the clubhouse at Greer Stadium one time to, uh, to do an interview with him. He's like sitting down there playing the guitar. It was like a scene out of Bull Durham or something. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> interesting dude. And uh, he had a long and really good major league career. Yeah, I said to him, I go, Bronson, Arroyo, and the O4s. I was like, how did you come up with your, uh, you know, your band <laughs> name? I was like, uh, it sounds like the same group that uh, put together the McFarland show put together your band name. <laughs> it's from the World Series win for the yeah, Red Sox, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it, I mean, just it's it's kind of like if you followed his career, I mean, it's the O4s. I mean, yeah, okay, got it. That's when you want to. Won a World Series, so it was cool. It was cool See, catching up. I thought up it would them. be like the the twenty tens or something for the you know, the the division championship we won at the Reds. Yeah, I don't think so. Well, really, was that the no. last time the Reds won a division? Uh, well, they won it in twenty twelve. Was that with uh, Dusty? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, one of the Reds' best managers. Who, of course, they they decided to get rid of, and then he went on to you know go to the World Series a few more times and, and won it last year. But yeah, the, the same Dusty Baker. Yeah. Not uh, although I know a Reds fan, Ryan Porth, who argued with me for years and years that he was a trash manager. I was like, really? Huh? huh. How's life without Dusty been? <laughs> Brought that up quite <laughs> they, often. They haven't won a whole lot since Dusty was no, there. I, I was a no. huge Dusty fan. I, I love Dusty Baker. He, he can come back and manage anytime, as far as I'm concerned. Yep. So when he left Nashville to go to Chicago, I got him a go going away present. It was a Dusty Baker shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so you got a chance, Kevin, last night to uh, call the LSU-Georgia game for SEC Radio. I know you've seen LSU. Uh, that, unfortunately, was the one stumble in the last nine games for Vanderbilt. But um, what did you take in in the LSU victory last night? Yeah, yeah it wasn't the prettiest game in the whole world. And you, you, that's what you're going to get. you got teams 11 and 14 doing battle uh, on Wednesday night in the SEC tournament. By the way, the crowd was fantastic last night. I, I've been to a lot of these tournaments and seen the Wednesday games lots of times. And that, that was one of the biggest crowds I've seen in there for that session. But, you know, it was a grind through part of the game. But LSU just made some big plays. Georgia came back from 12 down. They took the lead. And then, uh, really, the turning point in the game, Adam Miller hit a three and got fouled with about three minutes left and turned it into a four-point play. And, and LSU took the lead for good. They never trailed again after that. So uh, that was a big spot in the game. And um, LSU just did enough. They had some guys that uh, you wouldn't have expected have big games last night. Uh, Trey Hannibal had a double-double. And Sean Phillips, uh, also same thing. He'd had like four buckets all season. And Gosh, he had the, the game of his life out there last night. So uh, LSU, uh, I'm sure they're feeling pretty good after the uh, the game they had last night and their, their first appearance of the season in the SEC tournament, and now a, a rematch with Vanderbilt tonight. As you mentioned, the, the game two weeks ago down in Baton Rouge was Vanderbilt's only loss in the second half of SEC play, covering all of February and a couple games into March. So we'll see how it goes tonight. It seems like a house divided on – it depends on who you ask on really what Vanderbilt needs to do to, to punch their ticket into NCAA tournament. I, I, I've said here this entire week, like this game tonight – 
is irrelevant. I hate it. But they, they can gain no ground from beating LSU tonight. It, they, they just have to do it, right? They have to win. Um, but what do you think? What are you hearing with the people, the, the circles that, you know, that, are, that you're talking with? What do we think? I mean, is it, is it beating Kentucky? Is it further? Like, what, where do you think Vanderbilt currently sits on the committee getting in that room on Sunday and putting them in the tournament? Yeah, I think there's still work to be done. Um, but, but the whole thing to me doesn't make a whole lot of sense. When And this is no knock on Mississippi State or Arkansas, but Vanderbilt finished three games ahead of those two teams in the standings at 11-7 and seven versus 8-10 and 10, and beat them both head-to-head. And Mississippi State, uh, about half an hour ago, was actually you know declared in the tournament after they went over Florida. And, and Arkansas, they've seen solidly in the tournament. And Vanderbilt's barely anywhere close to the bubble. And I went back and looked at the non-conference records, and both of those teams had some nice non-conference wins, but some of it just doesn't make a lot of sense, especially the net rankings. Uh, when you look at Vanderbilt in the low 80s and, and how some teams that have far less good-looking resumes have uh, a lot higher net numbers. So, and, and a thing I always think is important to keep in mind and to remind people is that bracket projections are just that. They're projections. And I have all the respect in the world for what Joe Lenardi does, I know him a little bit. He's a great guy, and and like Mike DeCorsi does one, and Jerry Palm, and lots of people do those projections, and they do a great job of it. It's very educated. It's scientific. They know what they're talking about. But at the end of the day, they're not the selection committee, and I, I think that's a very important point to keep in mind with all of this. Now, more than more often than not, they're right, especially about who gets in and who doesn't. They don't always have all the seeds right, but um, often they're they're pretty close to the mark when it comes to to predicting who's in. But back to your original question about Vanderbilt, it, it's hard to say. Um, let's say you win tonight against LSU and you're able to knock off Kentucky for a second time. I think you'd like your chances with 20 wins and you know a really good conference record and, and finishing tied for four. They got the sixth seed, but you also remember they tied for fourth right. in the SEC. Mm-hmm. But the other part of it I don't understand is why the conference records just don't seem to mean anything to anybody. Uh, if you go 11-7 and at a power conference, that, that's pretty darn good. Um, but uh, you know, you, again, I, I'm not I'm not the committee, and, and neither are those folks. But uh, we'll, we'll find out for sure on Sunday. And uh, you, you never know; there are always surprises in these deals. Um, you know, I always think to uh, of a few years back, uh, 2019, when I was with Belmont, uh, we went to a, a selection Sunday party, sort of cautiously optimistic we might have a chance, but feeling like we were probably more likely to head to the to the NIT. And about five minutes into the the selection show, our name comes up, and the next thing you know, you're on your way to Dayton to play in the first four. So yeah. you never know how these things are going to go. How much? And we've talked about this this week on the show. How much do you think, Kevin, that Jerry Stackhouse getting recognition as the SEC Coach of the Year with Buzz Williams and Liam Robbins winning, uh, you know, some accolades as well? How much do you think those awards will help? Because again, this is the human element in a room. Do you think that'll ha- that'll help them at all? Getting those, uh, you know, getting yeah. that recognition. You'd like to think so, but I, I don't really. I don't know that it does. I mean, those, those are really nice things. I'm super happy for both those guys. And you know, Jordan won Player of the Week too. Jordan Wright for what he did in the, in the two wins over Kentucky and Mississippi State. But um, I. I don't know that the individual stuff really makes a difference because supposedly they're looking at these teams without the names attached. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know that those – again, it looks great for Vanderbilt and it's fantastic for the program. But as far as, like, actually getting selected for the tournament, it's kind of hard to say, like, what kind of impact they could have. Maybe it does. Maybe it does have an impact. People see those things like, okay, well, you know, if they're getting these kind of awards, then this program is, is, is doing well and on the rise. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. 
Kevin, you said something a moment ago about uh, if you have a good record in a power conference, uh, you should have a good chance as far as, you know, conference records and things like that. Help me out, man. What is a power conference right now in college basketball? What, what does that mean anymore? <laughs> like, who are yeah, these people? Who are they? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, more power co- uh, they're probably more power conference teams than, than just the five. I don't think there's any question about that. When you, <laughs> you know, when you're talking about, you're talking about football, it's, it's a different deal. When you're yes, talking about yes. basketball, I mean, you, you can look at the, the Big East and the American Conference are both really good leagues, and they have strong teams, and they're going to get multiple teams in this tournament. So, yeah, you know, but I, I guess I have more of a traditional feeling about that. And when all realignment happens again here in a couple of years, mm. no telling what it's all going to look like. But, uh, you know, I, I think about, I think of the SEC as being a power conference. And, you know, one, one of the main leagues, I mean, it's, it's pretty much the most powerful conference overall. Uh, maybe not in basketball. I mean, Big 12 have a case, and Big Ten's always really good. And ACC's been a little down. But, you know, those, those are, have your, been your traditional – Big time leagues, but yeah, I, I I think if you're in one of the main conferences and, and maybe more than just the, the quote unquote Power Five, and you have a winning record, I, I think that says a whole lot about what kind of team you have. Yeah, you know, it, it's always great to me. Sometimes the the tournament is very educational because you get to hear about conferences and schools that you didn't even know existed um, until they get the automatic bid, and here they are out of you know the you know the Care Bear Conference or wherever they're from. Um, which is always great. I mean, it's it's part of it's part of the game. Listen, how does Vanderbilt deal with uh, replacing? I, I you can't replace, but how do you how do you deal with the loss of of, of Robbins? Honestly, uh, you know, realistically for this team, it's so difficult, Justin. And I, I think that's you know kind of the, the million dollar question for this team is how do you work around that? Now, the, on the plus side, they've been able to win two games with, with Robbins playing a grand total of about you know four minutes. Uh, and at the beginning of the Kentucky game before he got hurt, uh, they won that game and they won the game against Mississippi State despite being out rebounded 45 to 24. You're not going to get out rebounded by 21 and win very often, but Vanderbilt made a bunch of shots and Jordan Wright made some clutch free throws at the end. And I, I think it's just going to fall more on the shooting uh, for Vanderbilt because you don't have that guy you can just throw the ball into and get you a bucket. I mean, he's so good at scoring around the rim or. You know, coming off the baseline for a slam or hitting a fadeaway or stepping out, stretching the defense. Just don't have that guy, and it's it, it's tough. He's so good. He had a great year, and on both ends of the court, really rebounding and blocking shots. He won SEC Defensive Player of the Year in the voting by the coaches. So that's just so much to replace on both ends. And and I think you may see this team maybe go a little smaller, a little faster at times. Uh, just try to get up and down the floor a little more. Quentin Malore Brown is certainly capable. He's a good big guy. He's an experienced dude. The thing that Q does is, man, he knows all the positions on the court and knows where everybody's supposed to be. And, you know, probably as smart a college basketball player as you're going to find. Um, I, I think he can hold his ground and give you some good minutes. Um, you know, you're going to have to rely on some others, though. It was, it was really interesting that game at Kentucky. You had Miles Studi. You know, he's kind of a, a big guard in a lot of ways. You have him playing the five down there against Sheepway, trying to you know deal with the most powerful <laughs> player in college basketball. Yeah. And, you know, Miles did the best he could. But but on the flip side of that, on the other end, you have an interesting matchup when you're on offense in that you're going to bring that big guy out away from the basket if he has to guard your smaller five man. So uh, those things can work both ways. But yeah, it's it's so difficult to replace Lee. I mean, just you're just going to have to have some big performances out of guys. And uh, Tyron Lawrence has had a really nice junior season. And, Jordan Wright has really played great in his last couple games. and You know, you've had such consistent play out of Ezra Mignon, but you're just going to have to see more threes go in, I think, I think as much as anything, and then just try to try to hold your own the best you can on the glass, which is hard to do when you face you know, teams like LSU. LSU has had some good big guys, 
K.J. Williams is, is a really talented player, and that's going to be a load again for Vanderbilt to deal with. He was tough with Robbins the first meeting two weeks ago and uh, get to face number 12 in uh, purple and gold again tonight. You know, what you said a minute ago sounded like me against John Henderson back in junior high school. I had that experience. It was uh, – it was, it was, it was, it was basketball. Basketball. In basketball. It was, it was rough stuff. It was rough stuff. Um, I, w- I wanted to ask you at all if uh, Vanderbilt has – because, listen, the tournament is here. It's at Bridgestone Arena. The fans are here. Does Vanderbilt have any advantage at all playing these uh, tournament games here in Nashville over the next decade or so? Uh, maybe some. I mean, I, I think there's, you know, there's hope that uh, Vanderbilt fans will come down. I think there'll be quite a few fans there tonight. There, there's, a, you know, there's such a big group of fans for all these SEC schools in this Nashville area. Uh, they have huge fan bases and alumni bases, so uh, you see groups of fans for for all the teams. But I, I think for Vanderbilt, uh, maybe the advantage is in sort of the comfort that goes with it, and knowing that you can practice in your own gym and. Um, you know, feel a little closer to home than you would be if you're playing somewhere else. Although I think a lot of times it's almost, it's almost good to go away and play in a tournament and go to another town and be in a hotel and, and you know, away from home and all those things and maybe away from some of the distractions. But, um, yeah, I, I don't I don't know, like, one way or another that's an advantage or disadvantage for Vanderbilt. And, uh, like I say, all, all these teams have huge fan bases and, and have a lot of fans when it comes to this event. Uh, we know one particular team from the state to our north obviously has usually the most fans, and mm-hmm. uh, there are even some of that that team's fans in the building last night. That's always crazy to me. They're like two days away from playing, and they got already have a, a bunch of people here. Yeah, they don't mind making the drive at all. They they, they are into it down I sixty five for sure. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Chris Beard being uh, right now? Looks like the leading candidate at Ole Miss to replace uh, Kermit Davis. Yeah, that's a. That's an interesting decision for that school. Uh, you know whether he's charged with anything criminally or not. Uh, it's still a bad look from what happened uh, while he was coach at Texas. But um, I, I, I'm sure there's a, a lot of discussion going on in Oxford and maybe elsewhere. If people are considering uh, hiring him, and yeah, we'll see if that gets done. Uh, all the best to Kermit Davis, by the way. I, I really like that guy. I've known him for for quite a while. I know you guys have too, from the time when he was at, at Middle Tennessee and. I uh, just saw him not too long ago when uh, they played here with, with Ole Miss. So I wish Kermit well. Whatever's next for him, uh, hopefully, um, if he wants to coach again, he'll land on his feet, or if he wants to just uh, take some time off and enjoy his family, that, that'll be great too for him. Yeah, if you don't like Kermit Davis, that's a you problem. Yeah, absolutely. That, he, he's just uh, such a good dude. I, I've always liked him. Yeah. Enjoy the games, Kevin. Enjoy the call tonight, and hopefully you'll be on the call for a while. I hope so, too. I hope I uh, have a late game again on Friday night. Yeah, that's yeah, right. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be fun. By the way, if that does happen, it's going to be an unbelievable atmosphere. It should tomorrow be. Night. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was fun. You know, Vanderbilt played Kentucky in the tournament last year down in Tampa and had to come from behind to beat Alabama in a Thursday night game to get to that Friday night against Kentucky, and it was really cranked up in there. It was super fun. So, uh, yeah, it, it'll be uh, a blast if uh, you get to that point. But for the first things first, got to try to beat LSU and just uh, – move on to the next one and get a win tonight. No doubt. Kevin, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Anytime, guys. See you later. Kevin Ingram, be on the call tonight. Vanderbilt and LSU. That 